You're listening to Jackie Mitchell on RPPFM, taking care of business. Good morning and welcome to Taking Care of Business live in the RPPFM studios. Glad you could join us today on this sunny day while we explore the ins and outs of a skill all business people need to improve on and that's the skill of public speaking. Today's program is brought to you by our friends at EVU Real Estate. Our two guests today, our two very special guests, are certainly our friends, big, huge friends of the program. They've been on the show a couple of times before and they both walk the talk, excuse the pun. They're both professional speakers and have been presidents of the uh, National Speakers Association of Australia. Firstly, I'd like to welcome Danielle Storey, who's been past president of the National Speakers Association and board member. Uh, she's owner as well of the International Million Dollar Success Story, the Cartridge Family and Million Dollar Relationships. She is a mentor and a professional speaker. Danielle, welcome back. Hey, Jackie, lovely to be here. Thank you. It's good to have you here. And of course, one of my best friends of the program, Warwick Merry, who introduces the program every week. Well, that's right, Dylan. Welcome to RPPFM's Taking Care of Business. Yes, you recognise that voice. Uh, Warwick is a master MC. He has a background in theatre and radio, as well as over 10 years in the corporate world. Has given him skills to keep an audience entertained. I've seen him perform many times corporately, and he certainly does that. And he's not, not a bad... He, Bust to move on the oh, dance I can floor. Hit, I can hit the dance floor, yeah, don't yeah, you worry I've about that. I've seen him do that anyway, <laughs> from a distance, <laughs> mind you. Uh, he is, as I said, a master MC. He is an international speaker and he's also considered the voice of God on Wikipedia. That's true, that's true. Now, I have to correct one thing, though. What's that? You've said that Daniel and I were both presidents of the National Speakers Association. Yeah. We were, but we were the Victorian presidents. We served on the national board, but only presidents in Victoria. So I'd hate for people to think that we were Australian presidents or only Victoria. Well, it's still Victoria's, oh, for those interstate listening, close your ears right now, still the best state. Yeah, well, it's yeah. been voted internationally, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the a, of the four people in, in this room, all of us say Melbourne's the best. Yeah. So, <laughs> so today, really, I don't know why I'm here. I could just sit back right Relax and let the experts That's it. Take Welcome to today. Conversations with Danielle and Warwick, where we talk <laughs> about speaking in your business. Yeah, and look, I'll, I'll just be the manservant today. But that's it, get the drinks. Well, let's get it started. Danielle, why would you need to speak in a business? It's uh, very interesting and many of the business owners that we talk to say to us, I couldn't get up and speak, I'm so scared of speaking. And, and we say, I say to them, it's the best bit of marketing that you can do for your business because it puts you in front of lots of people, it leverages who you are and it makes you look like an expert. It and showcases your expertise. Everybody loves an expert. So people say that, you know, so people bandy this around all the time, um, that most people would prefer to die than to speak in front of an audience. What, what would you say to that? Well, I'd say it's only scary the first time and the second time it's not quite so scary. Actually, I have a theory about speaking. Go on. And, and everybody says, I get so nervous. There are no such thing as nerves. Nerves actually do not exist in our body. It's just adrenaline and it's just adrenaline that kicks in and says, hey, I'm ready to do something that might be a little outside my comfort zone. So if you stop calling it nerves and start calling it adrenaline to give you that kickstart, it makes it a whole lot easier. Is that a bit like I've got butterflies in my stomach, I just need to make them fly in formation? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Now, why is public speaking so scary? <laughs> well, I think it's, uh, for, I mean, for me, I have, you know, these. I have adrenaline that runs through me every time I get up. And if I'm really, really 
really honest with you right now, it's probably because I don't want to look like an idiot. It's, that's it. You're exposing yourself in front of a large group of people all at once. What if something went wrong? And we have grown up in a culture where we can't get things wrong. And, you know, we're, it, to the point where some people would prefer... If, I'm, if there's a chance of getting it wrong, I won't try that way, I won't get it wrong. Now, I've done a bit of improv training and one of the first things that you do is when you, you're trained so that if you make a mistake or you stuff something up, you all raise your hands in the air and go, yay, I've stuffed it up because we celebrate failure. Now, because only through failure do we learn what works and what doesn't. So I would say the same as for speaking. People get scared of it because they don't want to do the wrong thing. If they're speaking at a wedding, if they're speaking in front of a networking event, if they're, what if I don't do it right? I'll get a bit nervous. I might say the wrong thing. But my people say to me, how do I get better at speaking? And the best way to get better at speaking is... Keep speaking. Speak more. It, well, okay, practice. I know, Warwick, you mentioned earlier about being feared more than death. I don't know if you heard Jerry Seinfeld's view on it. I love this. He said, according to most studies, people's number one fear is public speaking. Number two is death. Death is number two. Does that sound right? This means to the average person, if you go to a funeral, you're better off in the casket than doing the eulogy. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. <laughs> uh, and it's... it's I think it is a fear and I think people sort of hang on to it and they make it bigger than it seems. Like all fears, it's all in our head we put it there. So it is that, you just do it. But like, there's a lot of things you can do to make sure that start small, sure. start slow. There's probably some things we're going to talk about as we go on. Uh, it is just, it is without a doubt, I believe, one of the most incredibly uh, profitable marketing exercises you can do for your business. And, and if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. It doesn't reflect on your brand. It shows you human and it allows people to relate to you. Uh, and certainly I'm very relatable. Well, and part of it also is from a business point of view, there's a lot of people who, you know, we, we look at the speaking circuit where people get paid between, you know, three and five and ten and hundreds of thousands of dollars to speak. In in my experience, there are some people now who have stopped charging to speak because they're making more money selling products or doing stuff from stage because of the way that they can engage. Anthony Robbins is a cracker of an example. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong, he's selling a very good message in what he gets across, but we've got a friend who's going to one of his sessions at the moment and he is a, a very powerful speaker and a very persuasive speaker and he can help put different... Um, thought processes and help with your shifting mindsets, etc. Um, and as a business, is it, you know, people will, I don't know anyone who's come away from an Anthony Robbins thing going, I oh, know that was rubbish, the content was crap, I'm not going to get involved. At the very least, typically they will buy a book or they'll do something. On a smaller scale, imagine if you go to your local business networking event and they say, oh, we need someone to speak for 10 minutes on a principle they've learnt in their business. Most people have had an experience, they've made a mistake and they've learnt from it. So why wouldn't you say something like, you know, allow an extra day for deliveries or something and get up and share that story with people in the audience. It shows you're human and all of a sudden it gives you better exposure and people are going to come up to you afterwards and go, oh, what else do you know? Or, oh, I didn't realise that you sell printer cartridges. You know, it's, it's amazing how... We keep talking about our own businesses all the time and people come up and go, oh, do you really sell printer cartridges or do you really speak at conferences? Really? You know, people just don't realise what you do. Were you always good, Danielle, at speaking at school? Like, go back to when you were much younger. I was always, I've always had the gift of the gab. Um, and I can I can tell. I was always those flights when I was travelling solo at age five between Sydney and Melbourne and I remember getting off the plane and the lady beside me going, gosh, she can talk. Um, <laughs> and then through school, you know, I was the girl that was in the youth speaks and um, but, I, but I never took it seriously. So being good at something, 
for me often meant that I probably didn't put as much effort into it as I needed to. And you take the example of, um, of any, well, Anthony Robbins, any of the, the great speakers that are in our country at the moment that we can just roll off our tongue, I bet if you ask them, they'd say, look, I'm pretty good at what I do, but I know that I could get better. And speaking's the same. It doesn't matter where you begin and it doesn't matter where you find yourself in the middle. It, speaking is one of those things that we can continue to get better at, just like running a business. Any business owner that's listening will say, hey, I'm actually pretty good at what I do, but I recognise if I run this business for the next 20 years, I'm going to learn an exponential number of, of skills and opportunities and ways to present my business and what I'm doing. And when I look back, I'm going to go, oh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good then, but I'm so much better now. So what sort of training have you had formal training as a speaker? Look, I did admit before that I don't like looking like an idiot. So for me, it was important to go and have some speaker training. I studied at the Humorversity. Pete Crofts, it's a business. He teaches professional speaking and humour. And uh, I studied 12 months with him and he taught me some amazing things. One of the things he taught me was that the secret to life is being embarrassed and enjoying it. And it's very much to what you said before. <laughs> and that's one of those things I'll often pull out when I'm a little bit embarrassed, when I forget a line or something doesn't go quite right. And I think, you know, you're right. The secret to life is getting outside your comfort zone and being a little bit embarrassed and being okay with that. Were you part of also like Toastmasters, Rostrum, any of those speaking clubs? And I'm a, I'm a mad Toasties fan. I spent okay. a, quite a number of years in Toastmasters and I would recommend anybody that has any um, adrenaline that kicks in hearing that word, those two words, public speaking, look up your local Toastmasters chapter because yeah. those guys rock. So to contrast, I wasn't a Toastmaster I was about person. to ask you that. You, yeah, you knew no. that. I knew yeah, I was going to yeah. ask you. Okay. And I don't have... Danielle probably has a, some better technical skills in speaking than I do. I use a lot of fillers like... Uh, um, uh, or, I'm not uh, as funny. Um, but a lot of my stuff... Now, I was uh, the, the school Very. captain at my uh, my school and so I was on stage every Monday uh, giving the, oh, could you some reports. Oh, it yeah. was interesting. Um, and there was a few discussions afterwards saying, yeah, we don't say this kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um, I... I at all my friends' 21st weddings, whatever, I emceed and gave speeches and, and whatever else. And my dad's 50th, I remember making up a speech for that. Um, on my grandfather's funerals, my dad's funeral, like, you know, you, there's, if there's an event to speak at, I'll be there. And if not, I'll create an event and speak at it. Because <laughs> um, uh, I do love the sound of my own voice. Uh, I'm one of those, you know how some people hear their answering machine message? They go, oh, I hate the sound of my voice. Man, I make up different answering machine messages all the time, much to my wife's disgust. <laughs> Because it's fantastic because I love doing accents as well. And so we had one where I'm like, hey, man, you've called Warwick. It's Winston here. I leave our message. Winston's the dog. And, and, and uh, we had one of the aunties going, oh, I call up and there was some, you know, some uh, African man or something on the phone. It was so funny. So um, I do love to talk, but I've had some training more on uh, skills on the stage where to stand, how to indicate, how to better connect with the crowd. So it's a real stage craft um, versus a speaking technique. Yeah, okay. And, and he's just the improv that Warwick does. I mean, I've, I think I've probably heard you speak more than 100 times and I jump at the opportunity every time I can because his ability to bring some something out of what's currently going on and it's generally humour but and, and sometimes it's a pithy observation and sometimes it's a quite intelligent conversa- um, observation. Not often. It is, it is, it is. Uh, and, and I do because he's an entertainer. Yeah, okay. Now I think it's time for us to have a little glass of water. And let's be entertained by some lovely messages. That'd be a great idea. I like it. 
Welcome back to Taking Care of Business. That, of course, was Wild Wildlife by Talking Heads. And we have our own Talking Heads today. We have Warwick Mary <laughs> and Danielle Story uh, talking. Their heads are talking about public speaking today. And they're going to help us conquer the fear of public speaking and also help improve it. Now, I mentioned before... Uh, about what you were like at school. But I or should also mention, it's the first time I've had the two of you in the studio together. We get to play together. Oh, hey, nice. hello, baby. Which, which is a bit scary, but good scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you two, um, you you started or founded the um, Exhibiting and Sponsorship Institute. We did. Is, is and, and how did you meet? Did you meet it? Oh, we really were at an event. Yeah, we are in an event. Um, and the, I was I was sponsoring. And I was emceeing. Oh, and then I'm seeing okay. she was getting great response as a sponsor and even the other sponsors were queuing up in the breaks going, how are you getting all this engagement? And so we had a conversation afterwards and, and Danielle's business has had a huge amount of experience in sponsoring and I've done a lot of exhibiting. I was at a permanent trade show for 12 months. And so we both found that there was nowhere that you could go to get help. Like there was lots of little bits everywhere but no one central location. So we started that and we've done a lot of work with different clients and got some really good results. That's good. And how long ago was that? How long have you known each other for now? Oh, yeah. Four or five years. I think you were you were coming up or you had just begun your Victorian presidency yeah. and I was an emerging speaker and looked at this guy and went, hey, he's really cool. And yeah, don't you'd forget actually that. Just, yeah, <laughs> you'd just put a blog post out on exhibiting and yeah. so that's what got us talking and it was, um, it was a whole lot of fun. It was the beginning of a journey. Yeah, because yeah. you've done a lot of great work together uh, and clearly you're both extroverts. Would that be reasonable? Yeah, we do have a lot of fun. That's in a fact, fair call. In fact, yeah. we are. Yeah, we are very much extroverts. Although, interesting enough, get us on a stage together and we kind of sync really well don't we? Well, we, it's, we, we've really, because we're both extroverts, I'm always sort of looking, when's she finishing a sentence so I can jump in because I've got stuff to say and vice versa. Yeah, I just wait for his next breath. <laughs> <laughs> a bit like today, really. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. Now, as extrovert, and I look, I certainly am an extrovert as well, clearly, hosting a radio show um, as well. But for, for introverts, how... It's not as easy, I would assume, for introverts to public speak, or it, is well, that it can a myth? Be. Look, it can be. I think I think that's sort. I think that's a myth as well. And we're going to talk very generalised. I got into trouble recently for talking about introverts and extroverts because, of course, everybody yeah. is not all one. No, You've got a little right. bit of both. Yeah. And most business owners um, need a, need to be able to practice the extroverted qualities of putting themselves out there. I think. As an extrovert, I suffered in my both my speaking, in my networking, in my business development by being totally an extrovert. So I had to take a couple of years to learn the, the value of introverted uh, qualities and, and habits and behaviours. What I love about introverts who professionally speak is that they listen to their audience. It's An extrovert will quite often say, I've got all this stuff to say to you and I'm going to go blah, and really, oh, is there an audience there? Whereas I've seen introverts who speak who really tune into what's happening in the audience and and they can and they're making eye contact they're understanding introverts generally love to plan and so therefore things flow better uh, as an introvert as a professional speaker and uh, and and the one hint that I could probably say to anybody who's sitting there going I think I'm a bit of an introvert I really got to give a presentation what am I going to do make it all about the audience and that's, I mean, that's a really great tip. And, and the best speakers, regardless of the introvert or extrovert, are ones who listen. If you want to be an awesome speaker, listen. And part of that is listen to the briefing, listen to what the clients want. And I've given a presentation and halfway through it was just going south. And I'm just like, it, is this not connecting to what you want to hear? And it became obvious that it wasn't. So I said, right, what do you want to hear? And changed it halfway through and made it a much more valuable presentation because... I'm, I'm gauging the audience as I go. Now, 
One of my favourite professional speakers is a massive introvert and the first thing she does often is say to the audience, here's my whiteboard or my flip chart, what do you want to get out of this session? And she'll take a whole list of stuff and then build it as she goes from there. I think and that's an incredibly powerful thing to do because then it's not really about you. And really, is it ever about us? No, of course it's not. It's always about the audience. It's always about the person we're talking to. That's where the best results and, come and that from. And if any of the businesses out here who are thinking, right, I'm going to speak at my local business networking stuff, do not get up and say, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the worst thing in the world. What you want to get up there and say, this is the problems my clients have and this is how they get solved and this is... This is what my customers have said. So essentially you're giving testimonials. You're telling the story so that anyone in the audience who's got that problem can go, "Ah, that's me, I need that stuff. So let them make the decision to buy. You're just telling stories about the success your existing clients have had. If someone's an extrovert, and I know someone but is an extrovert but is very shy, so it's another element, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And there could be shy. lots of reasons and for that. And it's more common yeah. than you think. Or they suffer anxiety issues and, uh, you know, stage fright and all those sort of things. What are some tips for them when they have to get up on stage to them to help combat their nerves. Do you remember the episode of The Brady Bunch? And I'm taking you back now. <sighs> when I think it was Marcia, Greg. Marcia, yeah, Marcia. I think Greg had to get up to speak and someone said, just imagine everyone in their underwear. <laughs> and, and they did and it helped them. But have you got any other tips that besides that? That sidetracks me a little bit yeah, too I'm much. Not sure, I'm, I'm not sure I could concentrate <laughs> then. Uh, one of, look, one of the tips um, for most people who are either starting out speaking and, and as you go on your journey, sometimes you dr- pick it up and drop it, is PowerPoint's a fabulous tool. I, I love the fact that you can use PowerPoint because it becomes a, a remember, part of the remembering. I think um, the, uh, Pete Crofts also taught me one of my other favourite things is the best spontaneity is prepared spontaneity. So when you're in the public eye, when you're in um, public voice uh, as anybody, always have a saving line for a saving line and a saving line for another saving line. And it could be something, one of my favourite saving lines is, oh, you were supposed to laugh at that and my kids don't laugh at that either. You think I'd learn. You know, and it's one of those kinds okay. of lines and then there's a saving line for the say. So spontaneity generally on stage for most of us doesn't come naturally so have it planned have it prepared and know where you're going to pop it in and using powerpoint does that a funny picture for example yeah okay but powerpoint oh, we can say oh, this. powerpoint yeah. doesn't oh, always work yeah. the way we need make it make sure does the it. font's not too small oh, look. and don't have all your speech on there that i've seen people just put powerpoint on and just look read at the it. screen and read it yeah look powerpoint's a double-edged sword technology's a double-edged sword it's a it's a brilliant tool and a poor master so if you are so dependent on powerpoint you need to be able to run that presentation in in, with the power <laughs> off. If, if, the, if so your laptop doesn't work. So if it dies halfway yeah. through, you need to be able to run it because there's nothing worse than rocking up going, oh, you don't have a, pa- a laptop? Oh, I can't do my presentation. I've always yeah. printed my slides. If I'm using PowerPoint, I'll have nine slides on one sheet of paper somewhere on the stage in front of me so that if something goes wrong, I know what I'm going to talk about. So I've got a lot to say about PowerPoint, but I want to answer the question first and go back to the, the shy uh, extrovert. Um, the... The secret to any good presentation as well, I would, would be have faith in your own self. Have confidence in yourself. You know stuff and your message is worth sharing. And so there will be people in the audience who want to hear what you've got to say. It's trusting what you know. Exactly. And exactly. It's like you won't be in the position you're in if you weren't an expert to a certain degree about what you're talking about. So have faith in yourself that you're going to get that. Now, look, yeah, there will be someone in the audience, there always is, who doesn't want to hear from you, is not interested, will cross their arm, roll their eyes and give you some weird looks. Don't look at them. Don't focus on them. I they know might for me... Fall asleep. 
Oh, when I first started out, I'd see some people who were obviously not, and I'd try, like I'd have 50 people in the room and there were three I didn't have and I had the rest. And I would focus on these three people and I'd suddenly realise that I'm abandoning 47 for the sake of three. I'm like, I don't care about them. There's 47. They want to be there. They're going to get my attention. So it, it is about how can I give you what you're here to get? Um, and for those of us who are a bit spiritual or hippie la-la, um, I know for me, I frequently will 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 say a prayer or give a, a bit of how can I let me be the conduit to the message that needs to be received. It's a little like a golfer. Every golfer, if you walk up to a, a tee, there's a golfer will always have something they go through. It's a process, get that out, line it up, turn, look and then swing and follow through so there's some consistency. Uh, many, many speakers, if you ask them, what's your little ritual that you do before you walk out on stage? That's the thing that grounds them and centres them and it, and it helps them to believe in themselves. Yeah. So getting back to PowerPoint or Keynote or whatever, you know, there's a, there's a whole lot of different tools you can use to display stuff. My secret would be, well, not secret, my approach would be fewest words as possible. Um, uh, there's a, a trend now because we live in an age where most people in the audience are going to be on their phone at the same time time is give them a new image every 30 seconds like they'll just barrel give, give them something images. that they want to use their phones and photograph it if that's necessary and to do that to. and to do that it's got to be it's got to be big it can't be a whole lot of words on the screen yeah, it's got to be yeah. graphic it's got to catch their attention because most likely that's what they're going to want to put on twitter or facebook yeah and, and so frequently that. it'll be an image and maybe you've got three or four words that are sort of a title or a prompter or something that'll help you as a trigger yeah i, I remember someone teaching me about having key messages so I, they said, what are the two or three points that you want to get across? Yep. Write those down, just the points, just dot points, and no matter what happens during your presentation, no matter how you deliver it, as long as you deliver those three, yep. tick that off your list. The other thing they said was to top and tail the presentation. Right. So finish with where you start. So yep. start that first impression, hey, I want you to think this or I, you know, I want to give you this idea or whatever it is you're, you're trying to yeah. communicate yeah. and then finish with it so they've left with that as well. Learn the introduction, learn the conclusion, let the stuff in the middle flow. That's a, that's probably the best thing you do. You want to feel you want to follow up and, and go strong in the ending, uh, and then and then let that flow. And for goodness sake, if you're going to run PowerPoint, please don't turn around and look at the screen. Make sure that the laptop or the computer that's running the PowerPoint is turned to face you, so that you're always facing forward. Because it's it's something that I see regularly. If it's the one thing as a speaker you never ever 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 do is turn around and look at what's going on behind you, because they're not interested in seeing you back. They want to see your beautiful, shiny face. Yeah, exactly. Now, I love it when everybody talks. Here is Neon Trees. You're listening to Jackie Mitchell on RPPFM, taking care of business. It is 11.37. Thank God it's Friday, and that means taking care of business. But it also means it is Business Times magazine. Mark Harrison, hello. Hi, Jackie. Hi, how are you? Well. And hi to Danielle and Warwick. It's great to see you guys here. Yeah, Lovely good. to be seen. Good. Lovely to be seen. Oh, and heard now. That's it. So our September issue's out. I know, and I'm particularly loving page seven. Oh. Ottawa P celebrates 50th business show. How exciting. Yeah, that's, a cel- that's a celebration that never ends. Yeah, yeah and it keeps no, going. No, absolutely. It keeps going. Why not? Um, so the September issue, we've got a great cover story um, featuring Alan Wilson, who's the boss at Somerville Ingham's plant. Yeah, the chicken. The chickens. It's amazing. Very interesting reading of you know how much how much chicken we produce and how people eat so much chicken now. Um, I like a bit of chicken. Also, yeah. another really good story on page three is David Pryor, five a.m. yogurt. 
Oh, I love that yogurt. You were mentioning that the yeah. other time. He, he was sold a, it. Didn't he? he was a feature story in our magazine. I should have had the date with me. Maybe three years ago. Mm. Um, he just started five AM yogurt. But the story this time is he's just sold it for 80, 80 million. million. Yeah. yeah. So good there's good on there's um, faith for all us business owners. Yeah, a bit of change there for him. Um, yes, and um, we've got a great story on Joe Schultz from Bloom Tools. We love Joe. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joe. She does an awesome uh, expo coming up, yeah, and I've worked. Health and, we've worked. Peninsula Health. And we've worked with their with their expo and yeah. some of their exhibitors. Yeah. She does Bloom awesome Bloom Networking. Stuff. They're all. Uh, they're, great, they're great listeners of this program. And you've great. spoken at Bloom Networking, haven't I you, have, Jackie? Yes. Hey, proudly, and, I have. And and I know that Joe loves to hear from people who who are speaking and who are developing on their speaking journey because she's got just such a great tribe and there's some really good business wisdom that, that her tribe would love to hear. So I, listeners if you're in the area and you want to practice your speaking skills, practice. get in touch with Joe Shutt and she will have you speak. Yes, absolutely. And also Margot, I notice on page, when I'm up to page five, yes. the new Peninsula Explorer bus which I have been on. Oh, have you? I have. It's that's fabulous. A, that's a great story. And, of course, yeah. Charles Davidson, who's, um, you know, who's one of the owners of the Hot Springs, that's his baby. Yeah. They've been working on that for a long time with a consortium of business owners. So it's just what we need. So I am hop, so excited. That yeah. is my favourite way to travel the world hop on those on, buses. Yeah. And the good thing, we, do you know what we call those? We call them the barbecue bus. Why? Because when you sit up the top, you get burned. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and the first thing we do, every city we go to, I can't yeah. wait, I'm gonna, I've got to jump on this bus. Yeah, it'll be it'll be wonderful. And what else have you got in here? Oh, look, I've got it. And, and Ed, here it is. You've got it open, Danielle, on page four. For a new Danny Nong business networking group. Because ah. um, we find it quite hard to network in Danny Nong. Everyone seems to network on the peninsula, Frankston, Seaford. The so views are better. Come on, we got a, we got beach views, views, views down here. No, oh, there's nice. some good venues in Dandenong. Well, the Keysborough Golf Clubs are cracking. So they're oh. kindly hosting this. So it's it's free to come along, and we're having it the second Wednesday of every month at the Keysborough Golf Club at five five thirty. So, so, so maybe a quick the nine holes at three thirty, yeah. and then the networking afterwards. <laughs> well, I reckon that's a great we're open idea. So Wednesday the 10th of September at 5.30 mm-hmm. yeah, is the next one. And now if anybody would like to look at this online, there's m- magazines I've left here at the studio or businesstimes.net.au. Uh, it's always a good read and there's big copies here uh, at the reception at RWPFM here in Mornington if you wanted to pop in and get one. Or, as I said, online, online. businesstimes.net.au. Thank you, Jackie. Excellent, Mark, as always. And we are just going to have a quick glass of water and be right back soon. You're listening to Jackie Mitchell on RPPFM, taking care of business. Welcome back. We are taking care of business on RPPFM. Thank you. For listening, now that song is dedicated to a loyal and one of our favourite Taking Care of Business listeners uh, who we lost this week but is now listening to us on another frequency. Dennis, that was for you. And, of course, that was Rick Springfield, one of my favourite artists, and I'm (laughs) embarrassed and enjoying it. (laughs) I love it. Uh, And that was Speak to the Sky. And sometimes we do need to speak to the sky for some divine intervention. Oh, why not? public speaking, don't we? Why not? Well, you know, sometimes no-one else wants to listen. I've got to say, some of my best work has been when I've just completely gone away from the script 
script and made stuff up on the spot. Oh, you're, you're so good at that, though, Warwick. Yeah, slam poetry is something that, that a lot of my clients Have really like. Have you ever like. heard him do slam poetry? No. He goes through the room and he'll pull out a whole lot of words. Basically, slam poetry, I use it as my ho- in part of my hosting. What I'll do on, a, on day two in the very first thing is just say, right, let's, you know, let's do a review of yesterday. And everyone goes, oh, and so I get them to come up with, you know, what are some different things you got out of yesterday? And recently at a conference I was hosting, they're like, a hangover or, you know, drink heavily or something like that. And so I'll get eight or ten things and a couple of names and then turn around and on the spot turn it into a poem that rhymes. Oh, goodness. Uh, and sometimes it works. Well, sometimes it works <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't. And even when it doesn't, you know, you just, I, I've always got a couple of comeback lines. So when things don't work and you do make a mistake, yep. what are some of your recovery techniques? I Particularly for my jokes because my jokes usually are either dad jokes or sometimes they just, the audience don't get them. So I'll just come back with a, oh, that was supposed to be funny. And that will always get a laugh, always. I come back to self-deprecating humour all the time. That's my style. So it'll, I'll come back to something along the lines of, yeah, my kids don't find me funny either. And, and so then it's, you know, me running me down and people then associate, they can, they can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. So if you're making a mistake whereby something's on the PowerPoint presentation but behind you and you're talking about something else that's different behind there or... Oh, look, nowadays it's, I'll just, oh, geez, my minions got that one wrong, you know. Right. You know, other people usually get this right or... Or this is for those of you who can multitask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's, it's in, a, in a nutshell, it's worth admitting the mistake. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, my thing is you've got to look at the elephant in the room and then highlight the elephant in the room so that everyone knows we're all looking at it um, versus you have some people go, oh, that's not right, and then just sort of click forward and it's sort of... Nothing happens with it. For me, it's a lost opportunity to engage and, and Danielle and I have talked a lot about customer service. The most loyal customers are when you stuff it up completely and then fix it. The same can be said for audience members. Your most engaged audience members are when you've stuffed it up, you've gone, I've stuffed that up, and then they'll re-engage because they're like, yeah, you did, didn't you? And most, most people want the chance to forgive you. Yeah. Most, if you're sitting in an audience and someone's doing something and it makes you uncomfortable, you really want the chance to forgive them. You want the chance to be able to go, okay, let's just put that aside or put that to bed and move on. Yep. And, and I, and, but one thing that doesn't sound good from stage is, oh, sorry. Yeah, so don't yeah, say yeah. sorry, have a bit of a backup line for it and then, and then move along because most people want to forgive you when you make a mistake. What happens if you're on stage and you, or in front of an audience, you may not be on stage, you might just have to get up in front of a room or whatever it is and just might have five minutes to speak about your business. Yep. And you, your brain freezes. Oh, mine does that regularly. Yeah. <laughs> I actually did this in my choir. Um, I sing in a choir, it's one of the little things I do. And I have this uh, Sunday morning is the, is the song and I have a solo, the very last verse. So everyone's singing and they've all the other guys have done their solo and I come for my solo and I can't remember it at all. And so they're all doing the backing do-do-do-do-do-do's and I go to sing and the, the words aren't there. And so I've just said, never forget, we're professionals. Um, and people laughed because I, I, when I remembered the words, I was in way at a time and then the song just ended and then the choir mistress at the end went, ladies and gentlemen, Warwick Merry. And, <laughs> and everyone just laughed and we went on to the next song. So sometimes just I, I'm, I'm all for admitting the brain freeze and just going, oh, mate, my, my brain's frozen. Let me just check my notes to get yeah, this right. Yeah, I, I come back to questions. Just ask the audience a question. Um, it's a little harder if you're on stage in front of 500 people. Yeah. Uh, and if you're going to be on stage in front of 500 people, I'd suggest that you're probably not only 
only going to rely on your memory anyway. You're probably going to have some aids to help you remember or some things that help you remember. But, uh, but if you're in front of people, you can stop and ask a question. You can say, look, you know, we've been talking about business. Hey, what's the one challenge you've had with, you know, in regards to customer engagement in the last 12 months? And then just bring it back on track after that. But if you're doing what you were saying where you've yeah. got five minutes at like a business networking when they say, you oh, know, Danielle, please stand up and tell us about your business and your brain freezes. Um, yeah, it's just see if you can come up with a line, something, you know, that might be like, you know, I'm not really sure what we do today, but uh, come and talk to me afterwards. <laughs> I don't I, know. I really, one of the things I like, we do this a lot in our B&I chapter, um, a networking chapter, and people say, oh, what am I going to talk about for 10 minutes? I say, what about a day in the life of you? What happens when you walk into the office in the morning? Could you tell us in 10 minutes everything that you would do on a typical day? Most people are interested in that because yeah. it's a story. And, and I don't always tell a story about the customer. You know, don't talk about me. No one gives a stuff about me. They're all thinking about them. So talk about one of my customers going, you know, I had a conference organiser who wanted me to come and speak at their conference. They had a speaker pull out the day before and they said to me, can you speak? And I'm just like, whatever it takes to make you happy, you want a topic, you got one. From a branding perspective, of course, I've got my branding hat Absolutely. on. Absolutely, business branding. Absolutely. That when you get up and talk about your business, you are making your brand talk. Oh, walk, yeah, you are right? the brand. You are the brand. Yeah. Okay, so your brand messages, I talked about those key messages earlier. So... Remember what those three messages are and they should be consistent with all your other brand contact moments. But actually getting up and speaking is a really big contact moment. And it might be worth, just as an idea, just popped in my head now and you might disagree or agree, I'm interested in your in your view, is to, you know, have your two or three key brand messages of what you want your what what you want customers or what you want people to think about your business. Have that permanently written on the back of one of your business cards. Keep it in your wallet. So if you have to have an impromptu speech and you go, oh, what am I going to do? You pull out that card, give yourself a, a quick refresh of what that is and no matter what happens, if you've mentioned those three things and you sit down and you go, you know what, I've done my brands a good service. And, and that's great brilliant. idea. Great Brilliant. idea. I, um, I use a product called Evernote. It's just a, it's a free app, it's a download and it's on every one of my devices and I've got all these notebooks and one of them is speaking ideas, one of them is speaking. I could pull out my phone at any time, jump straight into Evernote and I've got, I've got it prepared to whatever it is I need to talk about on that topic. So if, it, if you think that you might get the opportunity in the next 12 months... Grab yourself a notepad app or, a, or something if you're technology or if you're not, exactly what you just said, on the back of a special business card that sits in your wallet. Yeah, and it's consistent every well, single you time. You know what it is? It's planning. Yeah, and it is And the best speakers don't ad-lib all the time. They have a plan, they have a process and they have a, they have a for what purpose. And, and even though Warwick's really good at ad-lib, he has a for what purpose every single time yeah, he goes out and talks to people. Yeah, he's a freak at that, so it's probably but he's not. Still, he still not the first knows, time I've been called a freak, He still knows what sure. he wants to achieve. He still knows what he wants the, the audience to emote or to think or yeah, to be yeah. or to act. And all speakers do that. Yeah. But what I mean by he's a freak, he's not average from a public speaking perspective. So for the average person... Oh, yeah, look, and I've got to tell you, there are other people out there who do it probably way better than I do. But for the average person, you're right. If you know your four core brand values mm. and they are what you talk about, like I know for mine, I'm uh, to energise, influence, inspire and have fun. And so anything I'm going to talk about is going to have those elements. Yeah. But, but and as what we're talking about, branding, your style of presentation is your brand as yes, well. Yeah. So for me... 
I like mine to always be professional, so I rarely swear from the platform. Sometimes it sneaks out, but I rarely do. But I also want mine to be high energy and fun. And so I'm not a stuffy individual. I will get away from the podium as quick as I can. I will engage with the audience. I will try loads and loads and loads of jokes and one-liners knowing that 80% of them will fall flat. And I'm okay with that because there's 20% that'll hit the mark. But that's my brand. There are other speakers who are, I stand at the podium, I read my, I know speakers who read like that and particularly some of the, the hoaxers, they will read their, their speech and that's what they do and that's part of their brand. Um, you, you hate having notes and stuff. You yeah, will I rehearse don't, everything I don't so that... I rehearse a lot of stuff but my, my whole thing is, is I want to give it enough content so and storytell. The majority of what I do is storytelling so that I can allow people to emotionally connect that, you know, I'm not much different than you and if I've done it, you can do it too. So um, I come from a much more emotional, personal angle with my storytelling but I'm very well prepared. Another idea someone said to me once was they always if they can have plants in the audience and not the green leafy type but actually <laughs> like people. Bit of, bit of green leafy stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, to ask questions Yes, to ask questions to prompt but yep. also for support if they're particularly nervous. Yeah. And the person going, that nods their head at Someone they're nodding their head. head and if in doubt and you're feeling a bit wobbly to look at that person because you know that person's going to go, come on, come yeah, yeah. on through the Even way they're looking Even if they're just sitting there you. smiling at you. That's yeah, right. like that's, if you know, when you're first starting out it's a brilliant thing to have you know it's I'm not a big fan of imagine the audience naked look at the the roof at the back of the room and all that sort of stuff you've got to engage with the people so by having these people who are giving you this essentially love from the audience is got to help and don't give up just keep going yeah, keep, keep going. going keep keep giving creating opportunity yeah create opportunities as many as you can if you could get 20 speaking opportunities whether it's five people whether it's 50 people in a, in a year by the time you get to this time next year you'll go oh wow i've improved so much now i've got a new segment called pearls of wisdom I was, let me introduce it okay welcome to taking care of businesses pearls of wisdom with Jackie Mitchell <laughs> do, 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 do. It sounds very uh, ethereal. Well, we do what we can. Now, uh, uh, John told me this through the week. Yep. So I, 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 it'd be easy for me just to pull out a book of quotes and I don't want that to be the case. I'm, this is people that I engage with through the week and come across. And he just this just came out of his mouth in, in the conversation, which I wrote down and I liked. It said, a boss says go and a leader says let's go. Cool, love yeah, it. I like it. I like that yeah. too. Yeah. Have, have you got a particular pearl of wisdom that you um, oh, love? I've got, oh, I've got so yeah. many pearls. One, just one, I'll give please. You one. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll go along that line. And I got this. <laughs> I got this off a, a florist card that came with a bunch of flowers. Um, uh, leaders should take more than their fair share of the blame and less than their fair share of the credit. Yeah, okay, that's a good that's one. A good I like one. That have you one. got one? Yeah, Open. mine is everybody has a heart. Okay, cool. That's a good one. That's a good way to finish. I'd like to thank Danielle Story very thank much for today you. and Warwick Mary, of course. Absolute pleasure to be here. If I can just put in a last-minute plug, I'm, yes. in the, I'm in the Fringe Festival as Goff Whitlam, a one-man show, so check out Melbourne Fringe as Goff. Come, come along and be his groupies with us. We will. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely come along. I'll put a link to our Facebook page. Melbournefringe.com.au, yeah, you yeah. search for Goff. It's a great festival. It's fabulous. Goff, as in Goff Whitlam. That's it. Uh, next week we're talking about selling your business. 
Stay with that old PFM. Coming up after the news is Navigating Change with Cena Summers. If you have an idea for a topic that you'd like to discuss, send us a message via our Facebook page, Taking Care of Business 98.7 FM, or our Twitter handle at TCOBR.PFM. There'll be links to all topics discussed today, and there's also podcasts on the website. So hopefully from today, all the information about public speaking and the fear has lessened a little bit, and it was just what I needed. Here are the cars to see us into the weekend. I look forward to your company next Friday at 11am. In the meantime, take care of your business.